Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Let me share this verse with you um, to add to what Maria and Roy have already done. Um, So when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. So um, uh, in his book, Bringing Up Girls, James Dobson uh, talks about how... uh, in his book, he, for, his, for his book, he interviewed a group of young women in their 20s. Um, and he, he invited the young women to talk about whatever they wanted. Um, and so Dobson said this about that experience. He said, though the students were invited to talk about any related subjects of their choosing, their conversations typically moved in a straight line to their relationships with their fathers. As you will see, some of them acknowledged that something vital was missing there. Others were grateful for what their dads had done to make them feel valuable and respected. Almost all of them spoke of the need for greater emotional connection with their dads. Um, I, I think that um, I think that what Dobson is talking about here, what he, what he discovers here with this interview with these girls, isn't just for girls. Um, for, it's for humans. Uh, it, it, people longing for connection with their father. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but when it doesn't, there's this unmet ache and desire uh, that's left behind um, that leaves, you know, leaves people being uh, desperate or I want this. Uh, in, I, in my conversations I have with people because of my job, it's, it's people, you know, from, from 15 years old to, you know, no matter how old they are, they always long for this, this thing with their father often. Um, and into, into that longing, into that ache, into that uh, desire for more connection, into all of that, that many of us experience, Jesus says this. When you pray, go into your room, close the, fo- close the door, and pray to your Father who's unseen. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. An invitation to meet with the Father. And again, those of us who've been Christians for all of our life, we don't appreciate what's happening here. This would have been so unusual for them to hear language like this, for, for, for Jesus to say, pray to your father. Pray to your father. And he'll reward you. There's a father who wants to meet with you. And reward you. Some of us, some of us, you know, have fathers that we wish we felt like they wanted to meet with us. We and not only meet with us, but there would be a reward attached to it. Like the meeting with them wouldn't be like a train wreck. 
If you're keeping up um, on our book, Teach Me to Pray by Andrew Murray, um, you'll know this week's chapter was titled Alone with God is chapter, uh, chapter three. Um, also, I wanted to bring up, if you haven't seen the video, um, every week we do a video kind of leading into the, to the, to the chapter, maybe to inspire you or to have you think about it. Um, my last week, um, the video was with my friend Chris. Um, he did a great job of kind of helping us get amped up for this chapter. I'd love for you to, to go to our YouTube channel and, and, and look at that and maybe that'll inspire you towards some of the, what we're saying today. Um, so, uh, many of us, many of us are, the chapter is called Alone with God. Many of us are, are satisfied with meeting God in a context like this, right? Like, this is enough for us. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't need to meet alone with God. I, I meet with him on Sunday when, when, when uh, Daryl does, does his talk. Um, we're, we're satisfied with meeting with him in a context like this on a Sunday morning. So uh, our chapter the, this week was talking about something different. And Jesus is talking about something different in Matthew 6. He's talking about something different and something, something, something better. He, is, he invites you to meet with the Father that he's talking about um, in a way that's better. So uh, I've shared with many of you guys before, I met my wife at my freshman year of college. So my very, you know, the, the fall of 1991, I met, I met my wife. I don't remember the, the specific moment when we met, but I, we knew each other the fall of 1991. Um, I knew her name. I knew that, you know, she ended up being the, the president of our, of our social club. Um, I had, I, you know, I, I'm sure I, I talked to her casually. Um, I saw her in production. She was a cheerleader. So I, when I went to basketball games, I would see her. I would, so I knew who she was and I knew about her and I would talk to her casually. Um, but then we got into this per- performing group together and there were like eight of us in that group and getting to know her in that context was a way that I was getting to know them, getting to know her in a way that I had never had before. Now, I knew her like in this kind of macro way where I would see her leading things and doing things and talk to her. And this, but like now we were doing something, you know, together. We were accomplishing something together. And so in that group, I got to know her in a way that I, I, I didn't know her before. And as a part of that group, something started to click in my mind. I was like, I think I'd like to spend more time with her. Away from these six other bozos. I think that I would like to spend time with just her. All the time that we spent together in larger groups, that was fine. That was good. But I desired to meet with her more. So, oh, how the father longs for you to meet with him in a context other than this where we're all together. If, if there's somebody in this room that you are getting to know and you are getting to like, you are going to want to meet with them outside of this context. It's nice, it's fine, it's a good start, but it's, if there's somebody that you want to know, the father longs for us to feel that way about meeting with him. That you, you might desire to meet with him like that. Roy read the psalm, writer, writer saying this, he says, my soul 
thirst for God, for the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? Where can, and, and he's not talking about meet with them like this. He's talking about, I want to meet with. And that, that's hard. That's hard for many of us to relate to. So I, and again, if you don't relate to that, that's totally okay. I, wanting to meet with God like that, maybe you don't feel like that. Um, most of us can relate to wanting to meet with a romantic interest like that or, or, or a good friend like that. Jesus wants you to desire to meet with God like that. And even if you don't, even if you don't, even if you don't, here's, this, is, this is the amazing news or this is the good news. Even if you don't, the Father desires to meet with you like that and way more. He desires to meet with you like that. And, and, and if you do, he will reward you. Which is really interesting. Um, if I come up to you afterwards um, and I say, hey, can we get together? And you're like, mm, I'll reward you if you're willing to get together with me. Jesus says, when you pray, go alone with the Father and meet with him. He wants to be with you desperately and he'll even give you a reward. He'll even reward you if you're willing to do that. And obviously the question that comes to my mind is, well, what's this reward about? <laughs> what kind of reward? What kind of reward are we talking about? I, and I'll, I'll, let, let me just say this. And again, the, the, the rewards for meeting with the Father are infinite. Infinite. Infinite rewards in Christ from the Father when we meet with him. I, I want to I remind us of a few while we're here together today. So when we meet with the Father, he reminds us of the truth. He reminds us of the truth. Maybe that doesn't sound very appealing to you, but listen for, for me, for me. Sometimes at night, <clears throat> sometimes at night when I'm, when I'm lying in my bed, um, lies about who I am or what's going to happen next in my life or you know, what's going to happen to my children come at me strong. Um, and I feel like, and it's so interesting when I talk with some of you guys, it's similar, you know, you'll be going through the day and as long as you're busy, as long as you're doing your thing, and you, but like at night, when you're by yourself or when everyone else is asleep, and, I, and I, when that's happening to me, I feel so weak and incapable of dealing with the things in my life. So when I meet with the Father, when I meet with him, one of the rewards that I get is he reminds me of the truth. Listen, so listen to this. The Father reminds me that I don't have to be strong enough for what I'm going to face today. So some of you guys, you wake up and you're like, I can't face today. When you meet with the Father, he says, you don't have to be strong enough for whatever you're going to face today. You don't have to be strong enough for it. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He will be strong and I cannot be. All I got to do is meet with him. And he reminds me. And I'm saying to him, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's cool. It's all right. The father reminds me, see what great love the father has lavished on us so that we, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So lies everywhere I look, evil says, you don't have enough. It is, it is so powerful. It is so powerful. And the father reminds me, what greater accomplishment do you, are you going to accomplish today than you being a child of me? You gonna, are you going to accomplish something better than that today? 
The answer to that question is absolutely not. How wonderful the Lord's love that he's lavished on us that we should be called sons of God. And that is, why, why would Paul, when the writer of this, why would he say, he'd go through all, John, why would he go through and say, you know what, this great love the Father's lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Why would he have to end that and say, and that is what we are. It's like he's doubled up on what he already said. You already said that, John. He says, I know. But you wake up often and don't believe it. That, he, I can see him when he's writing. He's like, that is what we are. That's the truth. And when you meet with the father, he says, you know what? I got so much love for you. You are my child. That is what you are. Now walk around the rest of the day remembering that. Thinking of that first. When we meet with the father, he reminds us of his promises. He reminds us of his promises. He reminds us that his promises never fail. Now, this is this is this is all the history from the, the, the Jewish nation all throughout the Old Testament, thousands and thousands of years. Listen to this. Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Thousands of years. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be married to my wife for whatever, 50 years, 60 years, and I'm going to tell you that during that time frame, I'm going to break some promises. I'm going to fail, and I'm not going to do it. God has thousands of years of time with these people, never breaks a promise. Never breaks a promise. He said it will happen, and he cannot lie. The Father reminds me that the devil is going to take something from me, but he has promised that Jesus came to give me life. He says, the thief comes to only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I promise, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you that I have come to give you life. Come meet with me. The devil comes to, to, to steal and to kill and destroy. But I promise you, I've come to give you life. Give it to the full. When we meet with the Father, um, the, he, we experience a kind of wholeness that is so hard to talk about. This is what Dobson was talking about when he's talking about what those young women desired. A kind of wholeness that only fathers could give. Um, so Jesus says that if, if, you got, if you got that from your earthly father, awesome. That's beautiful. But if you didn't, whether you did, honestly, whether you did or not, meet with the Father. He says this. He says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tipped into role play before God. Just, just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. And, and, and some of us, we've never done that. Never done. We've never just come for simply and as honestly as you can manage the focus will shift from you to God and you can begin to sense his grace. When we make space for him alone and simply come as honestly and as simply as we can, he can meet with us there and, and he can reward us with wholeness. And uh, maybe you don't need wholeness. Maybe in your life, you're good. You don't, you don't need no wholeness. You, but I do. I need his wholeness. 
the author, Andrew Murray, author of our book, he says this. He says, this is about feelings that I have when I come to pray. He says, the blessing of the private place when I meet alone with God does not depend on the strong and fervent feeling with which I pray, but upon the love and power of the Father to whom I trust my needs. So when I come to him and pray, it's not dependent on me being like, ooh, I just can't wait for this. He says, do not think how little you have to bring to God, but how much he wants to give to you. In that, in that grace, we find a kind of wholeness that enables us to do life better, find more peace. When we meet with him, he desperately wants to give us something. Let me share this two things with you, two, two examples, and I'll be done. So um, in the book of Genesis, uh, there's a story of a man named Abram and his wife, Sarai. Um, so Abram means exalted father, which is a really cool name, except um, when we first read of Abram, he's 75 years old and he has no children. So some of you guys know in, in, in Bible times, when you ha- your name was very valuable, super important, to be named for 75 years, to live your life for 75 years with the name Exalted Father and to have no kids is humiliating. It's like everybody, every time someone says your name, it's humiliating. Often biblical men, especially women, suffer deep, deep shame as a consequence of not having children. Um, it's, and it's, at that time, it meant it was something very wrong with you. And not just your body, but something wrong with you. <laughs> In your soul, there's something wrong with you. And not being able, not being able to have kids felt like, you know, not having control of your life. Um, it, it felt like everyone around you, I and mean, certainly you, you felt this before, like, like when you're not dating someone, it feels like everybody around you is in love. You're like, I want to kill all of you, right? When, when, you, when you are going through your life with no children, it feels like every person you see is pregnant. Every person you see has children. Every person you see has something that you don't have. Imagine living 75 years of your life like that with the name Abram, exalted father. It's very painful. And even though the first time you, we, we hear about Abram, he's 75 years old. It's the first time we hear anything about him, he's 75. In Genesis chapter 11. God's talking to him. But, but know this. Even though the first time we hear about Abram talking to God in Genesis 11, that's not the first time him and God have talked. That's not the first time him and God have talked. They've been talking probably for 75 years. And one of the conversations is definitely, what is going on? Why? 75 years of missing that kind of wholeness and wrestling with it and the humiliation and into all of that, into all of that, the Lord meets with Abram. He meets with them. He, he does what Jesus says in Matthew 6. He meets with them. They meet face to face and they meet alone. And in that moment, here's, here's what God says. This is what God says. He says, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. And guess what? I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. 
And we can't appreciate what that moment was like, but years and years, so imagine years and years of humiliation. God speaks this to Abraham. God promises to Abraham. Does that make sense to you? Do you see how the Lord speaks right to his need, right to his desire, right to his need for wholeness? And, and after, after feeling like nothing, God says, I'm going to make you great. After a lifetime of feeling like a nobody, he says, I'm going to make you great. After feeling like you know, you, you've been cursed your whole life, God says, I'm going to bless you. And in fact, all the people who've cursed you and said, you know what? The reason why you don't have any kids is because you're probably, you probably did something wrong or you probably you lived a whack life or you did something wrong. He says, on top of me blessing you, I'm going to curse all the people who cursed you. If somebody curses you, I'm going to curse them. To have, maybe, maybe and again, I'm not always good at this. Sometimes what will happen in my family is my kids or my wife will say, you know what? I was out and about and somebody did this to me and this happened. And in that moment, sometimes I'm like, well, what you should have done. Well, what they really want is for me to say, I got your back. Yeah, that was whack. In this moment, in th- Abram's saying, I've had a lifetime of humiliation and my family and my friends and everybody around me saying, you don't got no kids. You must be doing something wrong. He, God's saying, I got your back. All the people who curse you, if they curse you, I'm going to curse them. And I bet Abram says, man, that's what I needed to hear. My whole life. My whole life. That happens because Abram meets with God alone. He bothers to take the time to meet with God. So some of you guys know it takes 25 years before Abram has one child. Which is, <laughs> which is whack. You can imagine that Abram and Sarai lose faith at some point. When you're 75, so Abram 75, Sarai 65. You can imagine that they're like, well, maybe God didn't really tell me that. Uh, lose faith, lose hope, don't think their lives will ever change. But when Abram meets with God, God will remind him of his promises. He was like, don't forget I promised. Abram would be like, I'm not sure you're going to do this. And God would be like, no, don't you remember, I promised. One night um, when, when Abram's lying in his bed, questioning the future, again, lying in bed at night, the devil's reminding y'all, you, you, are, you are nobody. You're never going to have any kids. And he's, Abram says, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And God, he, God took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then, then he said, so shall your offspring be. Again, mean alone with the Lord, with the Father. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him his righteousness. God reminds Abraham of the truth. God reminds Abram of a promise. And if Abram is willing, when God, when he meets with the Father, there is a kind of wholeness that he experiences. I was with my, my friends, Amy and Jonah, yesterday, and I was talking to them about how often when I'm speaking or when I'm with you guys, I feel so incompetent. I feel like I'm unable to pass on to you what I want to pass on to you. And it's so 
heartbreaking. I want you to know the wholeness that I'm talking about, that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6, that God's going to give you a reward if you're willing to meet with him. Please, please. Let me tell you this. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to not define myself by what I accomplish. Um, if, if I'm accomplishing something clear and measurable, then I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I have value. Um, I, I feel like winning, winning at work or you know, wherever, th- then, then I feel important and no one can say anything because you know, everyone can see, look what I'm accomplishing or look what I've done. Um, and into that narrative, into that narrative, uh, my wife will step in and say, say something, you know, like, I think you're making work too important in your life. And part of what she's saying, even though, you know, she, she might not say it like this, is <clears throat> my work is more important than her or my family, um, but all I can really hear her saying is the thing that you use to tell yourself that you have value, I want to take that away from you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I, ah. And despite the fact that you want to be a winner, you're losing at work and you're losing at home. That's what I, that's what I hear. So I hear that and I get mad. And I, and I think, well, if I can't win at home, then I'm going to just do some more work. At least I can win there. And, and what... What my wife hears when I do that is, you're not important to me. You don't have value to me. You don't have the value that my work does, at least. And that hurts, and that makes her angry, and it's awful. It's this awful cycle that, 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 that just won't end. It just won't end. It doesn't, obviously doesn't end with her and I. It extends, it extends out to my other relationships. So I want you to think of this, and I want you to think of the kind of wholeness that happens when I meet with the Father. Think of, think of, think of, come with me on this. When I meet with the Father alone, when I meet with my Father alone, he says this. He says, Daryl, you are my son. What greater accomplishment do you need? What better thing is there going to be? What's better than that? There's nothing better. There's nothing better he reminds me of his promise. He says, the devil is going to try to steal. If you listen to him, he's going to try to steal and kill and destroy your church and your marriage and your relationship with your children. He's going to try to take those things from you. But I have come to give you life and make you full if you listen to me. If you trust me. And if I believe him, I can find wholeness. And if I find that wholeness, does that change my response to my wife's conversation with me about my work? Like, if I can make myself detach my, my ego from my work, and my wife comes to me and says, hey, I think you're working a little bit too much, I can be like, yeah, you might be right. And I can take that in, and there's a kind of wholeness there that affects her and me and my kids, and, and, and you guys, that wholeness is a kind of reward that serves all of my life, but it happens when I decide I'm going to meet with you alone. So you can confirm to me who I am and what I'm worth, you can give me a wholeness that I can extend out to everybody I know. 
how does that change my ability to keep working towards what God calls me to, even if it looks like I'm failing? Even if it feels like I'm failing? How does, it, how does it change my life if I'm meeting with him for my wholeness, not trying to accomplish it? I'm meeting with him for my wholeness consistently and intentionally. It's a lot easier to take critique when I've already got wholeness. It's a lot easier for me to attach from work if I've got wholeness. It's a lot easier for me to fail publicly in front of you if I've got wholeness over here. I'm like, well, what can we learn from that mistake? And let's keep moving. Let's keep at it. Let's keep fighting together towards that thing. As we prepare to take communion together, I'm, I, I, I want to I ask you to make it your goal to meet with God alone. So we're going we're to take communion together. And as a part of doing that, I'm asking you to make it your goal. Make, decide now. Maybe you, So this, this, this whole time you've been thinking of other things or not, you're not that interested in what I have to say. That's co- totally cool. That doesn't bother me. I got wholeness over here, so you don't have to listen. But what I, what I do want you to listen to is this. I want you to make it your goal to meet with God alone today. Today, I want you to make it your goal to say, I'm going to just take some time to meet, 10 minutes, whatever. Meet with God alone. Meet with him alone. Today. Certainly, we're going to do it during communion. You can meet with him during communion, but I want you to, to do it alone today. And if you typically don't do this, give yourself whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes, and see what happens. And if, if you don't know what to say, you can begin with this. Begin with this. Father, teach me to pray. Teach me what I need to say to you. Pause and be quiet. Teach me to pray and then pause and be quiet. And if you don't sense his leading in any way, that's okay. That's okay. You can begin with the Lord's Prayer found in uh, Matthew 6. He'll he, he teach you what to say. And when you pray, I want to, maybe you could ask the Father, Father, help me. I'm going to come as simply and as honestly as I know how. I don't, I don't got nothing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing this because Daryl brought it up to me and he was making me feel guilty. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. And you can say, teach me to worship in spirit and in truth. Be yeah, simple, simply and honestly. Teach me to come and as honestly as I can. Whatever you can muster is going to be fine. Your prayer is not dependent on you. And what you bring is on him. It's on him. It's on him. So let me say this. Let me say this out loud. And again, just uh, yeah. if you don't plan on trying, like when I come and I speak, um, if you don't plan on trying anything I ask you to do, you're going to find my sermons in Sunday mornings. Like this is super boring. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. If you've been a Jesus follower very long, um, I'm not going to tell, I'm probably never going to ever say anything that you you don't already know or you haven't already heard at some point. Sorry. I'm just trying to inspire you to do something about what you already know you should be doing. And if you are not willing to do that, then you will find, you, know, you will find our time that we spend together frustrating and boring. But if you're willing to try, 
no matter how awkwardly or clunky or how much of a struggle you think it is or how much you don't need God or how much you already know all this stuff or how much whatever, if you're willing to try, you will make movements in your life. I promise. Um, I've said this example before. Um, if someone gets up here and they start talking to me about doing CPR and they, they, say, they explain, this is how you do CPR and this is what it is. I don't know how to do CPR, but they try to tell me, they try to explain it to me. I might be like, this is, why do I need to know this? This is boring. But if God came to me in a vision and he said, Daryl, right after church, your, your son, your daughter is going to need CPR. And if you don't know what they're going to say, you won't be able to save their life. All of a sudden I'm up on the edge of my seat. I'm like, I'm taking notes, right? And here's the difference. I know I'm going to have to do it. So if you come here and you never intend to do anything I say, it's going to be super boring. But if you, when I get up here and talk, if you say, when I leave here, I'm going to do what he says, you're going to be like, I don't know if I can do that. But I'm going to try. And all of a sudden, everything is different. Everything is different. In reference to all this, the author of the book, Teach Me to Pray, ends chapter three with a prayer. And part of it says this. He says, let your revelation of a father's tenderness free young Christians and Christians in general, honestly, from every thought that secret prayer is a duty or a burden and lead them to regard it as the highest privilege of their life, a joy and a blessing. Bring back all who are discouraged because they cannot find anything to bring to you in prayer. May they see that they only need to come with their emptiness to him who has all to give and delights to give. Let their one thought be not what they have to bring to the father, but what the father wants to give to them. Jesus died. Jesus died for you to have access to the Father. Jesus died to give you access to what the Father wants to give you. Since such a great price, such a great price was paid for us to be able to meet with him, wouldn't it be a shame if we didn't? Wouldn't it be a shame if we weren't willing to, I'm too busy doing blah, blah, blah. Too, bu- too busy watching The Bachelor to meet with, get meet with y'all. I'll catch you next time. Jesus died to give you access to the Father. Wouldn't it be a shame if I was too busy doing blah, blah, blah? Let's do that together. Let's do that together now during this time of communion. Let me pray for us. <clears throat> Dear Father, I pray that you... <laughs> You would lead me to take my wholeness, to take my comfort, to take the, 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 the thing. When we, you and I meet alone, I pray that you would help me to take that and extend that to my wife and my kids and this church family. I pray that you would help them, help them when they be with you alone to extend that to, 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 their, to their friends or family that's closest to them and extend that back to us, extend that back to me. That wholeness that we experience is what the world needs. And what a shame that we, we pass up on it. 
to do whatever else that we prioritize before you. Help us to meet with you alone. There are rewards that you are longing to give us. Help us to do it, to find you in those moments so that we can be the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.